Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are Camilla Stanthony Podcast that occasionally talks fantasy basketball. Natty, how are you doing today? Howdy and what's up? Hope everyone's trying to stay cool, especially on the West Coast. Good luck yes. out there. Yes, yes. And it's funny that you bring up the West Coast and we can specifically talk about the Pacific West uh, because... Here we were, Natty, thinking we could just sit on the couch, swaddled in warm blankets, watching the Western and Eastern Conference Finals play out, watching Chris Paul add to his uh, Hall of Fame resume by coming and joining a a 2-1 Suns team and then forcing them to lose in the Western Conference Finals, Uh, something, a real trophy to add to his trophy case. And yet... The NBA gives us uh, a narrative, a news, a story that that is all we can talk about, and that is, of course, our the Portland Trailblazers falling into chaos to a certain extent. I guess. I mean, we talked last week about the Mavs chaos, and the Mavs also didn't. I mean, also are, have uh, have blood on their hands is a bit harsh, but uh, <laughs> domestic abusers in their abode. Can we say that? seems fair uh yeah so the trailblazers hired chauncey billups and now damian lillard is kind of like do i want to be here and the damian lillard trades are spicing up so who cares about the western conference finals who cares about the eastern conference finals natty we're gonna talk wild damian lillard trades because what else are we doing i would just like to go on record as saying that i'm not swaddled i ain't (laughs) swaddled in you ain't swaddled oh okay yeah 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 I mean, I'm wearing clothes, but I'm not like wrapped up in a blanket watching DeAndre Ayton. I'm not, you know, like in snow pants watching. See, I think I would, I would, I would like our listeners to ignore that last statement and instead keep in your mind, close your eyes. And when you listen to this show from now on, just envision Natty naked while recording and (laughs) me swaddled in a winter blanket, uh, call title tucked up my, my, you know, my limbs all tightly close to my body uh, to prevent myself from hurting myself. So uh, that's, that's how I would like people to envision us when you listen to this show. So that's, it's not to stay warm. It's because your wife is worried about your oh, flailing it's limbs. I'm a menace and, to myself. Yes. Right. There and is, you're so excited is, during a basketball game, especially exactly. playoffs. Exactly. I get there's it. like, I there's get like it. whatever. I'm one sixteenth Italian or something like that. But man, that one sixteenth is in my hands, and it is impossible for me to talk without flailing them around. Or when I get excited, I slap everything <laughs> within arm's reach. Which during my uh, during my puberty phase, when I grew a lot, was definitely problematic because I was hitting everything Careful. off the table. Uh, well, <laughs> careful see this is why natty brings this stuff up because you know it's on his mind because he's sitting there naked i you know i that stuff i wish i was cool enough to watch basketball games just in the tub (laughs) just like you know what man i got a j maybe some red wine you know medium hot tub going this is this is the perfect perfect way to watch basketball is high while sipping red wine in a bathtub I am quite cosmopolitan, as all people know. Well, it makes sense. You live in Brooklyn. Like, this, that's very sex in the city of you. <laughs> right. The most cosmopolitan place in this <laughs> metropolis by far. Just don't notice anybody's sweat rings as we walk around these right. days. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, Dame Lillard trades. First of all, first of all, first of all, let us, let's quickly do touch on Chauncey Billups being hired as the Blazers head coach. Because I would like to say, uh, 
if you haven't already, I I don't think that it was like widespread uh, an article, but I would highly recommend the Portland Trailblazers SB Nation site, Blazers Edge, had an article where they had five women uh, write reactions to Chauncey Billups' hiring. And I think it was a very powerful piece and I would highly recommend uh, go reading that just because it's important to... There's lots of the Twitter commenters uh, love to be like, whoa, Chauncey Billups did that 20 years ago. Shouldn't he get another chance? And it's like, read this, read these women react to it. And the, and the pain that even that, regardless of the fact that this happened in his, in his past, like the pain that it brings up now. And as a fan having to root for that, it's, it is always present. And the fact that the Portland trailblazers had a, a press conference today. And when Chauncey Bills was straight up asked about it, their PR people were like, Oh, he's not going to answer that question. It's like the trailblazers knew what they were doing in hiring him. If you're, if you're going to hire someone who has rape allegations that were settled out of court uh, back in 20 in 1997. So if you don't know about that, you should go check that out, but, or inform yourself. Uh, if you're going to hire someone with that background, be honest about that background. Let them, you know, let them talk about it. But the fact that you're just kind of sweeping this under the rug, you're trying to get past it. You're trying to move on, you know, that it diminishes the experience that the life that he drastically changed, obviously back in 1997. And it changed, it diminishes the feelings that fans, men or women, uh, but particularly women are experiencing currently at the moment. And it's a disservice to them. So, uh, I would, again, highly, highly recommend go reading that article. I think it completely dismisses those concerns and those legitimate critiques. And I think that, unfortunately, Portland has had to deal with a lot of authority figures not giving a shit about what yeah. the people of Portland think over the last 18 months. Um, you know, the cops are still going fucking nuts. They're yep. also suffering from a heat dome just like everybody else on the left coast. Um, I think a few things are interesting about the reaction, but I do agree with you that the Blazers knew this was coming and they either had an answer or they didn't think they needed to give one. And that's just really fucking rude. Mm -hmm. Like if mm -hmm. you, if you talked about this beforehand in the front office and from what I read, they spoke about it with Chauncey, uh, then you should be prepared and you should be honest and you should be forthcoming, I suppose, and showing respect to your fans and especially to your female fans and give reasons why you think it's still okay. The fact that they just were like, ah, we've answered this. Right. It doesn't even matter if that's true. Like right. there, you answer it again. Eat your you fucking answer vegetables. it every single time yeah. it comes up. And of you, course. as the Portland Trailblazers, you welcomed this. You chose this. You chose yes. to have these questions yes. be asked at every single press conference because of the fact that Chauncey Billups allegedly raped someone in 1997 and it was settled out of court. Like, that is that is a permanent stain. Similarly to how the Mavericks hiring Jason Kidd Jason Kidd should be perpetually asked about his domestic abuse history. And that should be like, and for those who are like, Oh, when, you know, what could they ever do to earn your love or whatever it is? Like, why is this always on the topic? Can't we just move on? Maybe don't rape someone pretty easy decision in my book uh, to like, not do that. That is your choice. Um, and it was the trailblazers choice to bring in Chauncey. So yeah, I'm very glad that the Celtics did not bring in Chauncey as their head coach because I would have had the same experience that these women and and men uh, male fans are having, where it's like really difficult to root for a team that uh, that has that turns a blind eye to that uh, history. The most interesting thing about this to me has been the difference in reaction in fan bases. Mm. J Kid beat the shit out of his wife yes. and the Mavericks have a sordid history of yes. enabling abusers. And it doesn't really seem like the state of Texas and the city of Dallas gives that much of a shit about it, about yeah. that hire. Um, yeah. I mean, some people do obviously, but it hasn't gotten nearly the attention 
that the Portland hire has had. Now, some mm-hmm. of that may be because Dame addressed it specifically and mm-hmm. he got into a back and forth with fans on the Soch. And, you know, Luca's probably is that drinking what the kids beer are in Eastern days, Europe. No, that's that's what adults who don't know what oh, they're talking about. That's what that's it. what guys yeah. drinking, uh, drinking Pinot in the uh, bathtub call it. Dude, one of these judges the other day was like Insta, which is what the kids <laughs> call the gram in a decision. God damn. Uh, anyway, it like Portland's a much smaller city than Dallas. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, and the 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 J kid hire seems like it fits a pattern and the Billups hire does not. So I sort of feel like uh, the Blazers fans are a little bit more passionate about it, not just because they're right to be, but also because it sort of feels like they expected better of the team. Yeah. Yeah. And so this isn't just disappointing. It feels a little bit like a betrayal of what they thought were shared values. Um, Dame, was like seven, I think, or six or seven in 1997 when this occurred. Um, It's not Dame's job to know the background of every hire that the front office makes. So I'm not going to blame him too much for his support of Chauncey before all of this started, because who knows what Dame knew and when. And it's just, that's not his job. Uh, So his public support, while in hindsight looks kind of bad, especially because he was publicly supporting Jake hit first. Right. Um, you know, maybe he didn't know about that either. Uh, you know, Derek Rose is much heralded these days in the NBA and everyone's super excited about him. Ooh, and we they forget. were all very, you know, ex- grateful almost that they got to see him return to form, especially in, in New York Knicks colors. Uh, everybody cried about Kobe. Yep. There's, and, you know, there's tons of Malik Beasley, like, ha- that, was aiming a fucking AK-47 like, at a couple or something. Yeah, yeah because that, no one gives a shit and he plays in Minnesota. Um, yeah. So these, it's it's not hypocritical, though, for people to get up in arms. Like, le- it's legit criticism. And the reason you know that it's legit is because the fucking Trailblazers front office talked about it before the hire. Maybe yeah. they didn't talk about it with Dame, but they knew that this was going to be at least something that you could anticipate being a controversy. And so they prepared for it. And apparently their plan was to just cancel the questions. And be right, like, to nope. just be like, nope, sorry, we've already answered that. Yeah, fuck it. That's a great plan. Like they didn't even say like that was a really long time ago, which is no. sort of like the bare minimum where you could be like, I, like you said, like people on Twitter, like, okay. Um, also, Chauncey has worked for multiple teams and yep. was on ESPN as yep. a national voice. So you don't like the NBA has taken the position of the Blazers. Like there's, yep. he's been yep. accepted by all of the NBA and has not been pariahed out. And so it is a little bit hypocritical to demand that the Blazers, it's not even brave, but like they're the ones who are like, yeah, well, we're not going to do what everybody else in the entire NBA. I mean, Chauncey has been groomed to be a head coach for a long time since when LeBron was still in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, And he was a coach for the fucking, an assistant coach for the Clippers. But what we also don't need is just, two white guys pontificating about (laughs) like, you know, very so, but we should tell the truth. It's obviously legit to be upset about this. And it's obviously totally valid to air those grievances. Yes. Yep. And maybe it does change. Like maybe they don't end up hiring Billups. I don't know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe the best thing to do would be for them to do a 180 and like go answer every single goddamn fucking question that's asked of them and well, maybe and if, dedicate money towards, you know, and that's, and that's atonement. If, if you're like, if you're like, what can Chauncey Bill, if you're the someone asking what can Chauncey Billups do to show that he's moved past this or that he has remorse for this or that he has learned and improved himself from this then like this is the perfect opportunity to do that where it is. Let him answer these questions. Let him explain what he has done and let the let that speak for itself. Like 
is it just something where he's like, oh, I've learned so much and I've respected women now and blah, 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 but there's no tangible action that he's taken? Okay, well, then that's not enough. Is it something where he really has tried to make his concerted effort? I have no idea what he has done, so I'm not trying to say what he has done, but I'm just saying that like, if you if you are the trailblazers and you want this and you want to show that Chauncey Billups, or if you're the NBA and you want to show that Chauncey Billups deserves this opportunity because he has atoned for those pri- for that prior rape and that prior transaction or uh, transgression, excuse me, transaction is a terrible way to describe that transgression. Um, then give him, let allow him to have the platform to address those issues. And if the, his responses aren't up to snuff, then like that, even more kindling for the fire. But uh, yes, as you said, very well, uh, two white men pontif- pontificating about this. We wanted, to, I wanted to talk a little bit about it, but li- really, and it's a weird transition, but let's pontificate about Damian Lillard getting the F out of Portland uh, because it does seem where there's smoke, there's fire, and the d trade rumor hype seems to be gaining a lot of steam. And I know you, Natty, on our Slack channel, were putting out some saucy trade possibilities. Uh, so give me some of your favorites. I have some written down too, uh, but I want to hear some of your, your favorite possibilities for, for Dame's destination if he gets traded. I, I just want to throw this out there. Before okay. we get to Dame. Okay. If you're CJ, are you looking around being like, Ooh. maybe I should demand a trade first. Get the fuck Ooh. out of here while I can. This is the like, Joel Embiid Ben Simmons conversation. Like CJ might be looking around being like, this seems like it's getting worse. Yeah. This is <laughs> like, this is gonna go I down in that storm of fire and do like, I want to be maybe a I'd rather be in New Orleans or something. Um, so anyway, that's just food for thought. Uh, you know, like Dame isn't the only person on Portland. Sure. Uh, Dame trades. So let's say Dame just wants the fuck out of there, right? It's all Fair a enough. catastrophe and, yep. you know, he just wants to leave. Let's assume for a moment that the team, the front office is like, okay, but you don't get a say in where we're ending you. We're not fuck you, but you know, like there's three years left on your contract. That's a lot. So we're not just going to fuck ourselves as hard as we can in order to like, we're not going to take Kuzma back, you know, or something like that. Can we so quickly, quickly, you, I don't want to interrupt your train of thought, but one of my absolute favorite things, I'm so glad that was the first name that popped into your head. Cause one of my absolute favorite fucking things in the world is Lakers Twitter shitting constantly <laughs> on Kyle Kuzma constantly every single fucking game is kyle kuzma's a piece of shit and then anytime a star is like i want to get traded lakers fans are like uh kyle kuzma and taylor horton tuck and, and like a second round pick why yes, would they I'd ever trade with Schroeder. that's a perfect yeah. deal that's a perfect deal yeah. like any team would love to have that absolutely one absolutely hands down my favorite thing on, on twitter i i still want him to come home he's hey he's from flint i'd, send, I'd like to see the, him in the red white and pick. blue Send that first overall pick for him. He's worth it. Yeah, I don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen. Um, let's go, Cade. Anyway, what was I say? Oh, yeah, okay. So you're Portland, and you're like, well, we don't want to blow it up. So if you don't want to blow it up, if you still th- if you get to keep CJ and you get to keep your team and, you know, Dame's like the only dude that's really asking for a way out of there, do you call up Washington, D.C.? and say, we'll take Russ in a straight-up trade. Like, maybe uh, maybe you send some, maybe DC sends, like, a nut, like Thomas Bryant or something. Like, they suddenly have a pretty deep front court, I think. Um, you know, details, details. But it would be Russ well, for Dane. I mean, if you add, Tom, add Thomas Bryant, because, well, Thomas Bryant was injured last year, too. But, like, the Trailblazers' bigs perpetually are injured. So go get, go get right. a healthy, go get another good body point. To, to put there. Um, right, like either that. get death yeah. or just like a dude that Could doesn't be the guy, and they just have so much. Like both teams have bad luck, but um, the Wizards, I think, they'd say to themselves, "Oh, three years of Dame, maybe that totally convinces Beal to stay." And then Beal and Dame seems like it's a better or a, mo- a more potent combination 
than, uh, than Damon CJ. Um, and then if you're Portland, you're like, yo, Russ and CJ isn't really that different. Also, when Westbrook got healthy, the Wizards went on one of the best runs in the entire NBA, and Russ's teams usually make the fucking playoffs. You know, even by the West, skin of their teeth. Russell Westbrook is a good basketball player. I'm for, right. I'm forever burn this narrative that he is not a good basketball player. The man puts it puts teams on his back and carries them to the playoffs. Like that is a feat in and of itself. That whatever. 20 NBA teams would be thrilled to have. Also, I feel like Westbrook and his style would work really well in Portland. I kind of feel like the Blazers fans would be like, oh, at, wow. Okay, this is our dude. We love you. You're tenacious I mean, they, yeah, they, and you're right. fucking like, yeah, you're slick. You're cool. Um, you're slick. You're cool. I love like, it. I like it. Portland's stylishy. I think, yeah. Oh, you know? that's true. That's true. He does. Westbrook has, you know, he's got that, he's got that pregame fit that I think would, would definitely mesh with the, uh, with the Portland community. And then if you're Dame, you're like, okay, well, this isn't a perfect world. I don't get to go exactly where I want to, but it's so much easier to make the playoffs in the East. Mm. And me and Brad could probably do some real big fucking damage in this goddamn I mean, you're pairing conference. two guys who can average 30 points per game easy. And then like hopefully everybody else on the team is healthy next year and the Latvian laser has his shot back and, you know, maybe you do some trades, blah, blah, blah. But, right. but you know, like Dame and, and Beal should be a top four seed team in the East, I think. Yeah. I mean, especially if they ship Ben Simmons out of the Philly, which evidently they're not. Reports are saying that the Sixers are committed to old Benny Sims, uh, who is another guy who I was thinking, maybe you just do a Ben Simmons dame swap. Give uh, give Joel Embiid a nice pick and roll partner, pick and pop, and uh, give Ben Simmons his own team in Portland. Sure. Um, Away from the limelights. You know, if there's enough... I, I think we already know that Simmons is at least 50-50 for out of there. And it's probably more like 70-30. And Dame, like, I don't know, all of this could die down by the weekend because the conference finals and everything else, blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh, there's basketball being played and, right now? Right, I know. Uh, it's not the prettiest, but it, it is occurring. It's happening. Um, so... You know, like, I think it's more likely that Dame is still a blazer when the season starts. And then if they have bad luck again, maybe it's a midseason trade or something. But I, you know, I don't know. That's still a good team, I think, when people are healthy. Um, they, I, I, I'm glad that they didn't hire D'Antoni because, like, the last thing that team needs is, you know, like better offense. Like Everyone I don't just really shoot threes and don't give a shit about defense. Well, like D'Antoni has created point guard MVP created. That's the wrong. He has coached Coach. uh, MVP point guards. And obviously he and Dame, I think, and CJ, like that would be very potent and they do a great job and maybe they'd end up with a top four record. But, you know, your defense would... May or you know maybe he'd get his old coach back from Houston. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, but I I didn't really want D'Antoni there. Sure. Um, there are reasons to think that once one domino falls, like if there's a big trade, then I think a mm. lot of other things will occur. Yeah. So you know if Dame does want to move, that could be the harbinger of a lot of fucking movement that occurs because there's also just so many draft picks, but they're concentrated in uh, amongst a smaller group of teams. Right. So, you know, like maybe OKC instead of packaging, you know, three or four picks to try to move up in the draft, they package three or four picks to be like, yo, we'll, we'll take a good player that nobody else seems to want. And like, even if it's not on the same timeline, we can probably flip them because we keep doing that with players anyway. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know. A Dame trade I think is less likely unless this continues to be a really big deal for the Portland fan base. Um, and then anything's possible because you start talking about like Chicago, you start talking about Minnesota, you start talking about um, Dallas maybe. 
Ooh, uh, Dallas is saucy. I don't know what you would. Or the one I have also been thinking about that I like is uh, New Orleans. You send Brandon Ingram in some picks. Uh, Love out, that. Out, out to Portland. Sure. And you pair or, Zion with Dame. I mean, Orlando and picks, you know, something like that. Like there's. Uh, there's where, lots where, of lots of things to be done. There, yeah, there's so much depends on a red wheelbarrow, Pete. So much of it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, also what happens in the fucking conference finals and finals. Like if, if, if the Clippers win the finals without Kawhi, I don't know be what insane. happens that because be Kawhi's insane. a free. I have no idea what happens because oh then you God. have to say Paul George is one of the 10 best players in the NBA. I mean, the dude has been playing like that in this series. He's average. He's like, has like, 200 more minutes than anyone else in the playoffs and has been putting up some pretty gnarly stat lines. When Paul George was traded from the Pacers, he became a de facto number two. And we've felt that way about him ever since. But when he was on the Pacers, he was going toe to toe all the time. He was one of the best two players in the NBA and we just wanted him to get more help really. And we, you know, like Pacers spend money, please. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, now he finally looks like that again. There's a little bit of a Ewing effect going on steal mm. from Bill Simmons with Kawhi being out um, because now PG 13 just gets to be like five years ago, Paul George. And maybe um, that's what he should have been the entire time. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's call him for what he has rightly earned. Playoff P. That is, I feel like I feel like we can put to bet. Can we put to bet? I guess that's the question. Can let, we put let me bet? give you a stat. Okay. So you can me. tuck it in. Oh, yes, yes. The bet is ready. It's nice and warm. I'm ready. Tuck me in. Total playoff minutes so far this postseason. Devin Booker is number two overall with 605 total playoff minutes. Obviously, like the people that are still playing have more minutes than the teams that are. Oh, sure. But like, obviously, Paul George is number one. Otherwise, I wouldn't be. And DeAndre Ayton's number one. Didn't that blow your socks off? (laughs) No. So Paul George is number one. How many playoff minutes do you think he has total? I think Devin I've seen Booker this. has 605. Six, 605. Doesn't all right. 725 is in my head, but I don't know if that's right. It's 735. Seven. You were so far off. You suck. So far dude. off. I fucking you, suck. God, go swaddle, God man. You need something. I, I need to tighten my swaddle. No, literally. that's fucking that's crazy. Insane. That's utterly insane. He, these are his playoffs because he's played the most out of everybody. He has more playoffs than everybody else so far over a hundred fucking minutes. Um, he like, he hasn't been the model of it is. It's pretty incredible what he's been able to do. Um, he, let's see. You want me to read you what he, what he's done so far? Yeah, I, just for the playoffs, he's shooting 34% from three. Like he, but, and the first half of the last game, he seemed not timid, but like he wasn't taking full, he wasn't taking the game over in the first half. And then he did that in the second half. Also, I need to eat some crow because apparently Ty Lue is a good coach. Yeah, who knew? Uh, so if you're looking at the whole playoff so far, 
Paul George, the man, the myth, the legend, playoff P, 40.9 minutes per game, shooting uh, 44% from the field, 34% from three, 27.2 points per game, 9.7 rebounds per game, 5.6 assists, 1.1 steal, uh, and about half a block per game. Now, that's that's the whole playoffs. It's back to Dallas, seven games against Dallas, six against Utah, against the Suns, in which he has been the number one option, 41 minutes per game, 42% from the field, 30% from three, nah, 30 points per game, 10.8 rebounds, 6.2 assists, 1.4 steals, uh, and he's shooting 74% from, the free, from free throw, which obviously gets a lot of flack because of uh because of his uh propensity for missing uh missing some clutch but free throws that's but almost like, more of an argument like they the clippers could be up you know like you make oh, a the few clippers more, should be up ayton has the fucking devalue or life. whatever we're calling yeah. it like yeah there's like the clippers could very easily have won you know <laughs> like there's especially because reggie fucking jackson your boy the straw that stirs Reggie. the drink. Arjax in the regular season, Arjax had a 57 true shooting percentage. Good, not great. It's fine. In the playoffs, he has a 63 true shooting percentage, which this is man, the number one bag getter of the NBA playoffs. This man is about to make so much money. It's incredible, dude. Batum and Terrence Mann are both 64% true shooting in the entire playoffs. Batum is shooting 39% from three, and Terrence Mann is shooting 47% from three. Also, shout out to fucking Run DMC. Boogie played because Zubots went out with a sprained MCL. Boogie had a Uh, stupid stat line, too. What was it? Right. He didn't destroy the team. He actually did okay. He didn't. He didn't try to uh, shoot his free throw into another dimension. Dude, Sergi Baca's still on this team. Like Kanar doesn't play. Yeah, that's absurd. Uh, Boogie Cousins, eleven minutes, fifteen points in Game Five. <laughs> love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. I want to give you. I want to give you Paul George's Game Five stat line. I know people have already talked about it into an oblivion, but elimination Game Five in Phoenix. Paul George, forty minutes. 41 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, three steals. He shot 75% from the field, 50% from three, 100% from the line. 75, 50, 100 in a, in a do or die, go home game in enemy territory. The man, playoff P has, has reached final form. And I, for one, will uh, never ridicule or mock that name ever again. And Ty Lu is like what ten and two in elimination games all time or something like far and away the best record. I have been skeptical of Ty Lu because it's like the Phil Jackson thing, you know. It's like yeah, well, you get or the, the star players, Eric, Eric Spolstra during the Heatles. But Ty Lu strikes me now as more of like a baseball manager. Like he's mm-hmm. even though I still don't think like he's the best tactician, like. I he just seems to be able to get the most out of the players. And mm-hmm. even though a lot of the roster moves that he makes are born of desperation because of injury, mm. he still gets those players to try to perform well. I mean, the alley-oop, like, Boogie just was in the wrong position and just really didn't defend that well. And if he had, maybe that wouldn't have happened and the Clippers would have an extra game. But, you know, they bounce back. That could have been really deflating and it wasn't. So this team, it, it is extremely impressive. I can't believe I f- I'm fucking saying this, but I feel like they could win the finals just because they're here. We've seen what they they've done. We, we should stop doubting them. I mean, Paul George looks like the best player of the four remaining teams. I mean, and it's not just that they're doing it. Is that how they've done it? Every series, they've gone down 0-2 and then clawed their way back into it. It's like, good God, Clippers. Just start start winning, starting, you know, one, win one of those two games. It makes your job a hell of a lot easier. But if they come back, if they come back and win this series against the Suns uh, and take it to seven, and then they go, like, round one, down 0-2, come back and win in seven, round two, down two, 
come back and win in six. And then in the conference finals, down two, come back in seven and win. Like, that has to be Without one of the Without Kawhi. One of the most absurd playoff runs for a team of all time. And it's just, I, I don't even, like, I would be rooting for the Clippers, I guess, in the finals then. But on the other side, on the East, it's like, I also want to, like, I want to see the Bucks. I want to see Giannis get his ring. Or fuck it, if, I mean, Trey Young is, is injured. He's not playing game four because of his bone bruise, which absolutely blows. And so that, in my book, more or less seals up that series. But uh, yeah, but the gotta, Bucks are so stupid sometimes. Like he, I could totally see them just giving it away. Be like, but if who's the Hawks, Bogdan Bogdanovich, that's all of a sudden like if shooting the Hawks better. Team of Destiny makes it, if it's Hawks team of destiny versus Clippers team of destiny in the finals, that is going to be some absolutely incredible shit. There's it, like, we keep saying this. It's everything's so weird because of COVID because of the condensed season um you know these teams uh, aside from the bucks like these teams we didn't even think should be here at the beginning of the season you know what i mean and like chris paul is shooting under 30 percent from three for the playoffs by the way um which is chris paul maybe uh maybe you should have stayed in uh health and safety protocols well we say that but also bookers look different since Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly broke his fucking face open. Yeah, that's fair. And like, that's, you, you could argue that that's like another real strong, that like, that's reason one B why the Clippers have been able to come back because Patrick Beverly fucked Devin Booker up. Cause Devin Booker can't see straight and thus is makes it much more difficult to like actually score buckets. But also, you know, like the Clippers, they, they sort of neutralized DeAndre Ayton last game and they just, you know, yeah, everyone at the beginning of the series, did a great job of that. Everyone was saying like, Oh, Ayton's the new, uh, he's the new center. You know, he, he's not like Gobert. He can actually, when you go small, it doesn't really matter that much. And the Clippers were like, well, let's fucking find out. Shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, so this team, it's not, but it's not really that they go small. It's that suddenly everyone's big. It's just that no one's seven feet tall. So um, they're, they've really leveraged their desperation, I think. And that's an impressive thing to see in sports. It's cool. Uh, even though I don't think anyone gives a shit about the Clippers, really. Like, you know, are people celebrating in the streets in, in L.A.? I doubt it. I, uh, I haven't seen I anything. I hope so. But no, they're not. There's no way anyone is. But it's so it's going to be so sad if the Suns and Chris Paul lose, you know, like that's just going to be so fucking devastating. I still want it to be Chris Paul hoisting the trophy at the end of the playoffs. I think that would be the best. It would leave this. We'd be able to leave the season with a great taste in our mouth. Um, It would cement his his status and his legacy and, you know, Giannis is 26. He has plenty of time. But um, if it's fucking Hawks Clippers and the entire world is like, what the fuck? And it's Clippers without Kawhi. It's like, what just happened? Where, what are we doing here? What the fuck? But we keep saying, like, it's a weird year. So there should be a weird outcome. Also, let's uh, let's let's calm down, NBA, on this, like, oh, big markets are the only thing we can rely on, like, what we need in the playoffs. Because uh, let me tell you, People have been tuning into this playoffs because it's different because it's not uh, the LeBron's show or the, uh, I don't know who on the Sixers, I guess on the East. I mean, LeBron's always been in the East and then I guess the, the Nets got knocked out. So that's, that's, you know, that was the other juggernaut. It's like, this is the fact that the Atlanta Hawks are in the Eastern conference finals and that the Suns and the Clippers are playing. And I know Clippers are in LA, but the Clippers aren't really an LA team. Let's be honest. The Clippers are like a a small market team, uh, even missing in their best player. Missing that's the weirdest goddamn player. fucking thing that's occurring, dude. Kawhi well, so this, makes thing, this, this makes the question: This is like, is Paul? Can Paul Pierce be a? Uh, not Paul Pierce. Can oh, nice George. slip though, because it's sort of Thank like, you. wait, can Paul Pierce be the best player on a can playoff Paul team? Paul Pierce be the best player on the playoff team? Uh, no, he was not. It is Kevin Garnett. We can all agree to that. Uh, it was Big Baby Davis, but sure. It was it. Big Baby Davis and Nate Robinson. Actually, Theory. it was Rondo in that series. But. Oh, my God. Playoff Rondo. I mean, playoff P, good for you, Paul George. You can keep that. Playoff Rondo is 
an echelon that few players in NBA history have ever touched. Anyways, that, God damn, he that was he looked so good in green with that green uh, headband too. With that headband, oh my god! And you would always keep track of how the headband that the NBA logo was upside down. <laughs> Shit was That's about to funny. get real. Ubuntu. Um, what was I? What was I? Was on some roll about something. Oh, is Paul George? Is Paul George? Should Paul George be a number two? Like, can Paul George be a number two? Like, I, I think he, he's a he one. Can. I think he's like, a one too. I think he's realizing that he's not a sidekick. Yeah. Because let's also not forget, like the reason why the Pacers traded him, the reason why Paul George has gone through this cycle of being a two on a team, it's because he fucking destroyed his leg. His leg yes. snapped in half, and he had to basically relearn how to walk and how to trust it again, and like. The Gordon Hayward injury was terrible. Paul George broke his femur. Like his, the bottom part of his leg snapped in half. It was, oh, I watched it. It was awful. Don't watch <laughs> it if you haven't seen it. But so like, it, it makes total sense to me that like it has taken time for him to re, and he, you know, his defense hasn't been what it was pre-injury, but it's, there are flashes of it during during this series against against the good Suns, enough it's been good enough exactly like i do think it makes me wonder you're totally right it will be wildly interesting this offseason if the clippers do pull off this series upset or not even well yeah they're an upset because they're not the the two seed if they win this series go on to the finals and win the finals all without Kawhi Leonard does Kawhi Leonard stay like is this now does that solidify the Clippers as like Paul George's team and Kawhi's like all right I'm, I'm out maybe I'll go back to Toronto uh which he really should never have left but or or does Kawhi come back like it's I'm it is very curious to see I'm very curious to see the dynamics that'll play out because I do think Paul George is reaching that echelon again of like okay I am I'm a number I'm a number one guy on a team. Hear me roar. Yeah. It's five years ago. Um he is a dude that has a lot of stories told about him, and they're all sort of different. Every two-year span of his NBA career, like the stories have been different and the narrative has been different. Mm -hmm. We thought he was weird for a while recently. You know, we thought he was a loser (laughs) because of the bubble. We've been so harsh on him. Poor Paul George. And it's it's strange. It's like the first part of his career never happened. Um, And I sort of wonder if that's because like Pacer fandom doesn't really travel. Um, Mm. It's, you know, like, the fans in Indiana are like, this is the PG we remember. Right. Um, speaking of Toronto, I feel like they're a giant in waiting, actually. And oh. there are a bunch of moves that happen have over you, the have offseason. You, there's like the, the Warriors are actively shopping Wiseman in the, in the seventh, and people are connecting it to Pascal Siakam. Dude, fuck that. Go get Simmons. Resign Kyle. Like... You have OG. Oh, you're saying for you're saying for for Toronto, go get Ben Simmons. Hell yeah, man! Like if you think Siakam's ceilinged out, then fuck it. Go get Ben Simmons, who you can play basically anywhere on the court on defense, and you keep Kyle, and you have FVV, and you have OG, and you have who? I mean, Masai's going to pull off some other shit. You know that. Um, Back Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard. Like, oh, Kawhi Leonard. That's the even- only. This is the Go only ahead. thing that this is the only thing that will fix Ben Simmons is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard needs to te- teach Ben Simmons how to shoot a basketball. Because the same ben shit Simmons, was about Kawhi Leonard. But it, the weirdest thing about Philly is that Embiid was the one who had to change. Mm. Like he's the one that had to like learn to shoot threes and become better right. at it and take them more often than he should. Like he's the one that has had to accommodate Ben and. I don't want to say that it's disrespectful, but it's like sort of nice of him because he was a higher pick and is a more important player and has been there longer. And like, so that sort of is like a bonus kudos, positive point to Joel Embiid, I think, because I I, I think I some other players might've been like, man, fuck this guy. I'm not changing. You fucking trade him. Yeah. Uh, especially that you don't want to, uh, be the one changing. Sorry, I was a little distracted uh, because according to Shams, my phone tells me our very own, our namesake, Carmelo Anthony, 
has won the first ever Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award. Fuck holding yeah. NBA's values of equality, respect, and inclusion. So you're goddamn ovation, right. Standing ovation for Carmelo Anthony. You may never win a chip. You may uh, you may be forgotten in the annals of history, but god damn it, uh, you will be the first ever winner of the Social Justice Champion. Which wait is he is he on Team USA? I don't think so. No, that sucks. I mean, USA Team USA Mellow is the best version of Mellow. Um, not to belittle Mellow's achievement because I love the fact that he won it. Good for him. I just do want to say that, like, kind of BS. Jalen Brown wasn't even nominated for that award, but whatever. You know, neither here nor there. Really, wasn't even nominated. Not even nominated. It's like, well, what are we doing here? Jalen Brown is like, eh, probably one of That's the weird. most deserving people uh, for that award. See, but, but that's whatever. But hey, yeah. He's got plenty of time to win it. Good job, Melo. Uh, since we're talking about Jalen Brown, please, God, don't tra- trade Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard. That please would be God. so, like, so dumb. Absolutely stupid. Idiotic. Absolutely hate it. Don't do that. Brad Stevens, please, God, don't do it. You're bad. Brad Stevens is batting a thousand right now. Please don't send your is average he? all the way down. Um, yes. He could have signed, <laughs> he could have hired Chauncey Billups. He traded Kemba for Al Horford. We're batting a thousand. We're okay. riding high, Celtics fans. God, I forgot Kemba. Jesus fucking Christ. Kemba, Man. Kemba, it's going to be Kemba and Dame Lillard in OKC. Let's fucking ride. Dude, and Portland needs, we didn't even talk about Norm. Shit. The, like they Norm. have to resign him, basically. Norm or Powell. Side oh my God. Wow. Yeah, there's going to the be Blazers, a lot that happens. Blazers are a hot, da- hot damn mess. Uh, all right, now, before we wrap it up, do you have any final thoughts that you wish to share to the wonderful people who listen from your bathtub? So, to, right, from coming straight from my shower. Coming straight from the shower. Ooh, now you're showering. Oh, okay. I'll turn it all on. It's fine. All right, perfect. Do you have thoughts about whether Trey should try to play? Mm, good question. I say no. You know why? Because you're Atlanta Hawks. You are playing with house money right now. No one in their wildest fucking dreams thought you were going to make it this far in the NBA playoffs this year. Everything has been fantastic. This has been a hell of a ride. I see no reason to potentially Steph Curry yourself uh, and set yourself up for just like chronic ankle injuries or issues for the seasons moving forward. Like shut it down, you know, to a reasonable level, shut it down. Let this let the series plays out how it will play out, and uh, and you know live to fight another day. Also, if you Kevin Durant it and get like a serious injury, and then you're out for all of next season, Awful. then you basically yeah, like you just I also you know like the the Bucks. I think Windhorse said this like they're scoring seventy. They're shooting 70% from inside the paint, which means that they're cold perimeter shooting. Like, that sort of makes up for it. And I think over... Like, I just don't think Trey is going to be the one to stop that. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so it's like, obviously, you'd rather have Trey out there. But if you're 60 or 50% Trey, then you might be doing more harm than good because we need your offense. And so if you can't get lift and if you're not making deep shots, even though I, what is he at 35% in the playoffs, maybe from three, but like it's his burst to the back, to the, to the bucket. That's really been Mm -hmm. so valuable. It's his floaters. It's his lobs. It's his alley-oops. So when he's penetrating, that's almost when he's the most dangerous against these teams in the playoffs so far. So, I like, I would be very conservative and I'd be like, yo man, we, we made this team about depth. Let's see if Mm -hmm. it actually works out. Like this totally the Milwaukee bucks are dumb as fuck. Why couldn't we steal one? (laughs) God, they really are. They really are. I saw, I saw the best thing I've, the best thing I'll say uh, I have seen on Twitter and recently is uh, it was, oh my God, I want to quote it correctly. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. It is That's Richard. That's a good tweet. No, it's not Richard Sherman. He's a he's a cornerback for Roger Sherman for the ringer. And he tweeted that uh, Budenhoser 
looks like someone who bet more money than they can lose on a mm-hmm. game that they don't really understand the rules to. And I just Dude. it's a perfect, it's exactly what Mike Budenhoser looks like all of the time. He looks like fucking hobo with a shotgun. Like he is so <laughs> mad. Howard making a making a like, guest appearance. Like they're gonna kill his family if he loses this series, you know? Like <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's just the fucking game. But oh. and, and like his demeanor in contrast to the oh, other three in, coaches is incredible. so funny. Because like Monty incredible. Williams is cool as fucking ice. Ty Lu is very profesh. Um Nate McMillan sometimes it looks like he doesn't care. And then other times he looks like, and, you know, a disapproving teacher or college Bud professor. Just, Bud looks shit, like don't he, he is, his life is on the line. There's a gun. It to, looks he, like you just keyed his fucking F-150 or something. You know, he is, like you're in, his he's starring nephew. and taken and, and he's Liam Neeson trying to find his daughter before she is killed. But and he, he has, has no, no set, he has no skills. set of skills. <laughs> right. They took my daughter. What do I do? <laughs> fuck <laughs> uh, right it'll man and i i sort of fear for him because if they make the finals like he's gonna have a goddamn heart attack <laughs> Jesus. oh bud we're, play, we're, we're praying for you bud we're praying for you we hope that you yeah. uh don't don't Just die on the basketball do meditation court. or Just fucking a smoke breath. a j before the game in Maybe a bathtub you with some while sipping plays. red wine there you go mm-hmm. that's how that's how you do it all right well everyone's on yeah <laughs> that's, that's what we got for you this week make sure you subscribe to the fake teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher uh you can follow us on twitter at the long tube podcast we will be back at you next week to continue to talking all good things basketball uh until then natty stay safe my friend do the same beat the heat enjoy your swaddling Thank and you. good luck out there everybody